Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Whew, and I am, couldn't be more, but still trying to check myself, positive Chuck Mockley. Ecstatic Chuck Mockley. <laughs> we love to see it. It's a good time. Uh, we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. We bring you Locked on Clippers uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. It's a heck of a time. Oh, and yes. kicking off the time today, I mean, we got to dive into this Game 7 recap. Clippers absolutely got it done against the Mavs, 126 to 111. On to round two. This one for me, I mean, this was kind of the role players game a little bit. Kawhi Leonard was obviously fantastic as well, yeah. uh, but kind of everybody stepped up to help him out, which he didn't get as much of in game six. Yep. So we're, we're gonna talk about what we liked from that one, and I gotta be honest, there's not a whole lot that we didn't like. Basically what we didn't like is gonna kind of roll into a broader, just quick look at the series against Utah. There's some things that need to be fixed. Yeah, we'll get it all figured out. Absolutely, and speaking of Utah, we're gonna be looking ahead to Utah in our second segment, or also, it's Monday. You know what time it is. We it's actually have Luke stuff to Kennard progress report, baby. <laughs> we, we actually have stuff to report on, which is always a good time. Uh, he had quite a showing in Game Seven. I cannot oh, wait. He has the best game it. as a Clipper. And then in shavings, we're just gonna kind of wrap up. With we're just feeling. We're, we're just decompressing. We're, we're just we're gonna take decompre- eight minutes to decompress. Yeah, we're gonna decompress <laughs> about this series. Talk a little bit uh, about the next. Uh, to come as well. So all that and more coming up right about now, but first gotta let you know, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of the locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Clippers win game seven, 126, 111 against Fat the Mavs. Dub. Fat, the <laughs> fattest dub of the year. Yes. The fattest dub of the year. Um, Clippers were down five on the third. They responded well. This game was, I mean, this game was a game seven, right? Like up until kind of the Clippers really pulled away at the end, which. Which still got a little still, close for comfort. Seven points. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a. What I loved about Three this game... Three possession game with two minutes left. It was kind of the inverse of game five, right? We had the run in the third. We we destroyed in the third quarter. Uh, we had the run in the third that kind of put this team out on top. And yep. things came within seven points in that fourth. But the Clippers... Which was expected. Like, you, these this, these Mavs weren't there. First of all, we just got to say, too, kudos to the Mavs. Huge shout what out to the Mavs. What a goddamn series. This was, I mean, like, as a, like, as a fan and someone who covers the team on a, on a you know, daily basis, five-day-a-week <laughs> so basis. On a regular basis. Sometimes it gets a little bit hard to take appreciation or contextualize, like, yeah. how great this series was. Uh, especially when you're just looking at the numbers, you know, when Clippers are down, 0-2. Right. You know, when they lose game five at home. But this was... A hell of a first round, and series. we're going to be playing the Mavs in the playoff, and this kind of basically this version of the it's Mavs. the Mavs and the Nuggets, basically yeah. for like for, <laughs> for this rest, section yeah. of the for like for this era of the Clippers, yeah. basically from here on out. But a, a great series there. Um, let's let's get into what we liked, and the first thing on the list is Kawhi freaking Leonard, the best player in the series. Capped it. I mean, just capped it in the last two games. Both sides of the ball, he was fantastic. We all know what he did in game six. In game seven, you could really feel the team was holding on to any momentum he was able to give. They were following his example of being fantastic. He had 28, uh, 10 boards, 
nine assists, three steals, steals, zero turnovers. Tied a playoff high for assists. Unbelievable. He was just everywhere on both sides. Um, in this series, he shot, he averaged 32 points a game, shot 70% from two-point range, just under 43% from three, and 90% from the line. Um, he talked about how he felt the series turned while watching film and seeing the Clippers were leading uh, each other uh, on islands defensively. He said that games aren't won with one or two great players. You need a whole 16 or 17, but I'll tell you what, you also need a guy like Kawhi Leonard. You also need that one You need guy. the best player on the on the floor. Yeah, you need the And Kawhi, guy. in terms of both sides of the ball, he was guarding Luka down the stretch in game seven. He was hitting big shots. The Staples Center crowd was also great. They were feeding off. Shout out Clippers I fans. was at the game. because I, I They were I, ready to go. I was at game five. I was a little bit nervous. The crowd was a little timid, which is understandable. Just, you know, given the history of this team. Hmm? But uh, I, I, I didn't get to go to this one. I watched it on the broadcast and y'all showed out. I so, can attest, Clipper Nation uh, was there. Many kudos to every single fan out there. We also gotta talk about Paul George, the other superstar. Yes. Look, he was really big in this game. He had some early offensive struggles. Only two field goal attempts to start that first quarter, which for me Concerning. was, was Everyone really was mad troubling. About it. it was really troubling. He finished with 22, six and 10. Yeah. Uh, the splits were not great. 33% from the floor, 25% from three. 100% from the line, which was huge. Mm -hmm. He ended up taking more free throw attempts than anybody else on this team. Love that. It was absolutely necessary. Uh, he also added three steals. Look, uh, just him getting to the line and finding his own ways to be He's effective, yeah. even when the shot isn't falling, is is going to be the the storyline for Paul George. Like either he's going to be in his like offensive rhythm and he's just going to look unreal, or he's going to have to find other ways to be effective. Yeah. And I thought that he did that really well in this. Uh, all six of those rebounds to me felt huge. They were absolutely, he was doing the little things, right? Like when Kawhi was kind of taking over, Paul George was playing great defense. He was getting boards. Like you're right, he was finding ways to contribute. We're gonna talk more about Luke Kennard on the Luke Kennard progress report, but yes. him and Terrence Mann had, you know, Kawhi talked about you need a whole 16 or 17. Two of those 16 or 17 was Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard having, and this is not hyperbolic in any way, I don't think, their most impactful games as Clippers of their careers. We needed yeah. it. Like, yeah. um, Luke Kennard was huge. We're going to dive more into it uh, on the next segment, but he was three of five from deep. I mean, you needed his 11 points. Terrence Mann, after a miscue in game five that really could have rattled him, he used it as a learning experience. He was two for three from three. He had 13 points, five boards. He was a nuisance for the Mavs on the glass when the Clippers really needed it. Like we weren't showing any teeth on the boards, but they Terrence were getting a lot of second chance opportunities, yes. which has been a troubling sort of trend in yeah. this series. Uh, yeah, we prefaced it like at, in the opener that for me, this was a huge chance for all the role players to step up to sort of support yep. Kawhi and Paul George, and that they did. This, for me, was the Marcus Morris revenge game. Dude, uh, oh he, my God. He really struggled last game. He had three early fouls, which limited his play in that first half. Mm -hmm. He did not have another foul uh, for the, it, for the <sighs> rest of the game. He was a sniper. For the rest of the 24 minutes. So way to bounce back. He had 23, five and two. He was just unreal. We needed his spark. Uh, and 77% from through seven of nine from three. Yeah. Oh, he was incredible. He, he was unreal. Uh, and we've kind of talked about like, I think one of my big talking points sort of since that loss in Kane two has just been like, 
Can the Clippers kind of stay in this long enough for the law of averages to swing back yes. their way? And that was absolutely the case. It really swung in game seven. <laughs> Look, the, the, the three-point shooting finally bounced in the Clippers' favor. We shot 47% from three. They only hit 28% uh, the Mavs as a team. So, it, you know, like, we just needed this. Uh, we, we really needed this. You know, uh, we can't talk enough about Nico Batum. Dude, uh, he we, finished with eleven seventy five. He did play over forty. We minutes got tonight, that. We got that right. Which I have been saying, <laughs> like I have been saying since game five. He's been a net positive to net neutral contributor. He was net neutral in uh, that game six. However, uh, overall, he's been a positive impact on this series. He wasn't really hitting from three, but he was deadly in the mid range. Mm -hmm. He had two steals and a block, which were absolutely necessary. Dude, and he him on the baseline. He's just consistently making himself available on the baseline when the Clippers are on offense and he's in the right spot and he gets an easy bucket. Like we were yes. pulling Boban away kind of from right underneath the post and Nico would just be there. Like, yes, God, it was good to see. Right place, right time. We yep. just need those kind of guys on the floor. Reggie Jackson remains a roller coaster. Yes. I'm, I was talking with uh Pavy of, of hoops and Bruce. Shout out Pavy. Shout out hoops and Bruce. Shout out TBJ. Um, I don't know how to recap Reggie Jackson's performances anymore. And I'm fine with that. Be and I think it's everyone- a, I think roller coaster is the perfect way to sort of wrap it up. There's I mean, like, like, there's like bad defense where you're like, there's some miscues and you're putting stress on everyone else. And then there's elite shooting, like not, and again, it's not a lie to say that he's an elite outside shooter. No. Like he shoots high 30s uh, from three. He shoots even higher on catch and shoot. He had 15 points. We needed every one of them. The Twitter timeline was so funny on Clippers Twitter because Reggie was out there for an extended period. I think it was in the fourth. And everyone was like, get Reggie out of there. And then he immediately hits a three. And that is that is just what having Reggie Jackson on yes. the team is like. I don't know how to handicap yeah, what he's going to do. You got to take the roses and the thorns like, with dude. Reggie. And we needed him in game six. Like, we yeah. can't, you know, we can't pretend we didn't. But for, like, for a period, he was the only guy who could knock yeah. down a shot. Um, other than Kawhi, he was kind of throughout the series sometimes the only dude who can get stuff done. Um, so real quick, let's talk about the defense. Yeah, to wrap things up, I mean, to me, the defense is is really what put the Clippers over the edge in these last couple of Which games. Which is crazy because in game seven, I mean, Luka had historically probably one of the best game sevens ever, 46, seven and 14. Yeah. They just couldn't hit threes. Yeah. Like in that, the Mavs not hitting threes is a combination of the defense looking a little crisper. Yeah. Outside of the first couple of possessions where we fatigue. lost some of them at fatigue. Like the Clippers looked gassed, but they looked less gassed than the Mavs, which I don't know how that works. If you look, look at the age and everything, Boban look. Dude, Boban is going to sleep for three days <laughs> after this series. Like, shout dude, out he Boban. Was, we love Boban. Shout out Boban. Dude, but 31 minutes in a, in a game uh, seven. seven, he had 14 points, 10 boards. He was still minus one. Yeah. Like, so... We started going yeah. at him more, which was absolutely yeah, necessary. Yeah, what we had to do. Um, I don't know. It's locked. It, it was locked in when it mattered. We just hope they start locked in against Utah on Tuesday, which we're going to talk a whole bunch about in the next segment. We're also going to be talking about that Luke Kennard progress report. But first, hey, if you're listening to this show and you're the hiring expert for your company. Which you are if you're listening. You probably are. What you really need... Uh, help on is making a shortlist of quality candidates and need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post screen and interview all on Indeed. 
Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can design your own skills test. That's a fun time, tic-tac-toe. How much do you know about Luke Kennard? How much do you know about Luke Kennard? Um, what's your favorite county in Ohio? Have you ever been to Skyline Chile? Uh, according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all of the job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That is all capital letters. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Will, talk to me about Built Bars. Look, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Yeah. It's a fact. It's not even it's not even conjecture at this point. <laughs> and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors for those out there with allergies. The six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and carrot cake. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. You don't want to fight with your protein bar. You mm. want your protein bar to work for you. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. You want a little rundown? Check out this. Yeah, Peanut butter, 19 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs all the highs where you want them all the lows where you want them if and right now bill bar has a very special offer for our listeners for a limited time very limited you can get a free cooler with purchase limited drop this is very limited Shit, this is go. very exclusive you're gonna want to get on this go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right, welcome to the most robust Luke Kennard Progress Report. Luke Kennard Progress Report uh, in the history of the Clippers, or Luke Kennard. Yeah. Well, uh, school progress reports notwithstanding, those are pretty in-depth. Yeah. The Ohio school system, I assume, is pretty good. I had no idea. Couldn't, no idea how to handle that. Honestly, couldn't tell you. Um, but we have stuff to report on. So Luke Kennard had an interesting trajectory this playoffs, right? Games uh, one through five. Just kicking it. Not a factor. Just kicking it. Yeah. I'm um, doing his thing. Injected into the lineup in game six. Which made me a little nervous just because it was something we hadn't seen all series. Well, it, yeah. that's because it felt like a bit like, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle did the zone and he went with Boban. And this yeah. was kind of that thing where it was like, let's try Luke. Let's see if the spacing works. And it helped. Um, his spacing, Tyler talked about, helped free up some space for other guys to operate, namely Kawhi. You know, help him get to his spots, open things up a couple more inches, you know, around yes. this person. He made a gut, you know, game six, the shooting was not there. He was one of four from deep. Um, he was hesitant on two threes. Like, game six, Luke Kennard was kind of the opposite of what game seven Luke Kennard was. Absolutely, he came up but big. in game six, real gutsy defensive play. I think it was on Brunson. Where yeah. he, like, dove. He got the steal, led to a transition bucket, which, look, anytime the Clippers are scoring a transition bucket, everyone had to do something right. Yeah. And Luke Kennard did something right there. Game seven, like Ty Lue after game six, it was pretty adamant was like Luke Kennard's playing more. Yeah. And we were all like, okay. All right. I mean, the spacing makes a whole bunch of sense. Um, 
Game seven, he goes three of five from deep. Honestly, he could have probably had two two more attempts from three. Yeah. But there is this hesitant thing that it really seems like like the team's trying to help. I think he's trying to work through it. it it's going to get figured out. Yes. Um, but those 11 points were huge. I mean, uh, he's now kind of taken the the stay ready approach from Patrick Patterson and taken it to a kind of a completely different level, right? Like Absolutely. He can be inserted into a game and be effective. In game seven. In his role. And the thing is, is like the Clippers do have the defenders to sort of mitigate some of his struggles on that end of the floor. Because that's right. not one of those things that's going to take a huge jump in a playoff series. No, uh, for sure. I mean, steal withstanding. That was incredible. Right. That was a huge hustle play. And Luke Kennard can make hustle plays. Don't get me wrong. Oh, there. yeah. But, I mean, you know, due to his size. Uh, he's a shooter. It, yeah. Which like, is totally fine. He, he's just going to have his limitations as a defender. But uh, they have been able to mitigate some of those. And he has been put into a role where he's really effective. And it's the thing, like, this has been our through line, really, for Luke Kennard the whole season. We know what he's good at. Like, everyone knows the shooting ability is there. It's funny because it's like, like, Tyloo knows the shooting ability is there. Yeah. Everyone who, I didn't watch Luke Kennard in Detroit. I mean that in a mean way. I just never watched the Pistons. But you look at his splits, and the splits are there. And then he would come in for the Clippers. And I talked about this with Brian Cole in a bit. Like, one of the things that really helped out the Clippers, like overall three-point shooting this season was obviously Luke Kennard because he would sometimes come in kind of in garbage time and hit like two or three. And it's like, Absolutely. Well, boom, there's a guy shooting 66% right there. Yeah. So th- to be able to translate the, Luke, we're going to give you some spot minutes in the regular season when games are kind of wrapped up to then, hey, dude, you're you're uh, you're playing double-digit minutes in a game seven. In a game that, it, and I know that players don't think about this stuff in the moment, but in a game that up to this point, you could maybe argue was one of the biggest ones in kind of Clippers history. Because we lose in the first round in this series, and it's a nightmare. The flood, I mean, the floodgates are open. They still could be open if we lose to Utah, but first round would have been horrible. But, dude, he was ready. Like... It, it, I have a note in here that it was never Luke Kennard's shooting ability that was in question. It was his please shoot the ball ability. Yeah. I mean, it's like early Terrence Mann, right? Where Yeah, or um, early Shea. Yeah. Where in terms saw, of the shooting, not in terms of really anything else. But where, where we saw them be very hesitant with the ball. And, you know, like, it, it's like I said, like the through line of sort of silencing the you paid Luke Kennard $64 million crowd which doesn't start until next year. That contract's looking uh, pretty damn good right now. Four million? <laughs> the thing is, is, it's just putting him in spots where he can be effective because he can be very effective on the floor. And I think that you look at a shooter who can, he's way more effective off the dribble than even like a JJ Redick or something. Uh, oh, he's in, yeah, he's got like, a way better handle. I, 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 I really don't think that that's an insane contract. The thing I think that makes people balk at it is like when you sort of look at the usage that well, Lucanard has had. The usage is crazy. And that's something that like, dude, we've talked about this on this podcast. When Ty Lue was running the Lou Reggie Canard minutes, yeah. which everyone knew were going to be a bad idea. Canard got the short end of the. Canard had the shortest leash. Yeah, because kind of there's like compared to those other two players, they create a little more off the dribble. Yeah, but it was. But then like it was kind of like well there are some times when we need some shooting so we know that Canard can shoot. But hey, who Lou figured it out? Who makes worse calls with the ball in their hands at time like cumulatively? Yeah. Reggie or Luke? 
I think it's hard because Reggie has so many more minutes. <laughs> I well, that's so the thing. That's the thing. It, like he's, it's definitely a bigger magnifying right. glass. Um, so now we can kind of, I guess, kind of transition into like a bit of a, a broader look at the Utah series. Yeah. Let's, what do you want to talk? What are we talking? So we we know what Kawhi PG. We know what the the main guys are going to look like in the Utah series, which is heavy usage. We need to. We still need to play Batum at least thirty minutes a game. What does Luke's usage look like in Utah series? Like Ty Lue, things might change up a bunch. I still think we're going to probably go small quite a bit, but like, what does Luke's usage look like against Utah? Because we lit, we have no idea. I think there's an opportunity <laughs> for him to, like depending on how they stagger Conley and Mitchell, I think there's definitely an opportunity for him to soak up some minutes against their second unit. Right. Um, And, you know, somebody like Jordan Clarkson, that's a high sort of a you know what low, he's doing he's low, shooting. low efficiency sort of high usage player yeah. offensively uh and i think again something like that like it and makes luke sense. doesn't even have it, to it, guard jordan clarkson it, we can put luke on someone else and like jordan clarkson might shoot the jazz out of this it, it like it makes sense that you would maybe you know run luke Kennard in some of those minutes i actually think overall this is probably a better matchup for the clippers uh because there's not like the one single guy who, who can, can do absolutely everything. destroy your team yeah um well, we do have to deal so with Conley versus the Clippers for but, <laughs> a series. Uh, who else should we talk in this Utah series? You want to talk Zoo? Let's talk Zoo. Yeah. Um, we're obviously going to go much more in depth with this on the game previews. We're going to do yes, a game of course, of course, of course. This is just uh, general kind of thoughts coming so, out of Game Seven. So Zoo, you know, uh, I believe he got a DNP in Game Seven. No, no, he played. He excuse me, I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, he played Luca minutes, which he didn't play in, who, in Game Six. Dude, he played. He played about. 53 seconds of minutes with Luca on the floor and then got pulled. He played two minutes in game seven. Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> Might be. Put some respect on my man's name. Got to imagine because of how Utah is constructed, because Gobert is a much more useful big man than anyone on the Mavs. Um, he's like if Boban was much more useful. Like, we got to assume we're going to see more zoo. So right? I gotta, like that that doesn't seem crazy. I gotta agree and disagree. I think that uh, part of the reason we were hesitant to pull out this small ball lineup until what game four, or game five, game right. four, I believe, uh, was that we were hoping to keep this in the pocket for Utah. Uh, we saw them be very successful going small against Utah in the regular season. Yeah. So I think that this is something that they're looking for. Uh, but I would think that Zoo's minutes will be higher um, than they were in the tail end of this season or series rather. Yeah. I mean, he uh, averaged we'll what? See. Like two. It's something like, like that. Literally yeah. Like game six, he didn't play anything. Um, no, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, I think his minutes, I think they kind of have to be like, we we'll also, know what's, we're also like, let's, let's lump this in with surge. Yeah. Is there's no update on surge as nope. of this recording, five nope. 14 PM. Voodoo Sunday. room is working well though. Maybe he could stick to that. Voodoo room is good. But, like, this is what's tough, is that the Mavs series, obviously having Serge would have been great. But, dude, this Utah series is tailor-made for a center like Serge to be part of the one-two punch with a big, like, zoo. I agree. And, and I think this is, like, I, I think that we learned, as the Clippers at least last series, that you need two centers in your rotation who can play competent defense or it's really yeah. hard to get Especially out of a playoff. Especially against the Jazz. Or like it's going to be really hard to get out of a playoff series. So we'll see what happens. And you can count it as two like centers. favors kills us. I think like, that you can count it as two centers though if we do end up starting Batum and the small ball lineup is effective and then right. we have Zoo, you know, sort of coming off the bench. 
Uh, but legs wise too, like just having another guy to soak up some minutes. Like we need that. Right we'll now. see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, anybody else that you want to talk? We got to head to break here. But let's uh, head to break, and we're gonna we're talking about the point guard rotation. It's gonna be Bev and Rondo. Uh, but first, gotta give a shout out to Bet Online. Yes. Uh, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over. It's but, done. But the NBA is as tense as it could be. College basketball done. NHL still going. And WNBA win some money betting on the WNBA. Yeah, MLB. Did they do bets on that? I think they do. You can bet on balls and strikes. Um, bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds of almost anything you can imagine. Uh, news, scores, whatever you need. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus. Whoa! But that first deposit—that's free bucks. Use promo code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Go check out betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about just sort of a, a brief look ahead to Utah. Let's talk about this guard rotation. I feel like there's two elephants in the room right okay, now. Okay, yeah, bring it up. The first one is Patrick Beverly. Is he healthy enough to play in round two? Uh, possibly. I think that, look, it, here's the thing with Patrick Beverly, right? Uh, I don't think he was at full health to start this series. Um, I don't think he's been at full health for like a minute, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like he's gotten we, so many injuries. We right? talked about it on this podcast. Like um, he was a net negative on the floor, and it made sense to move away from him. And yes. they did that, uh, and it was effective. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, in this Jazz series, is that you are pitting him against two more traditional-sized guards. Yeah, which not, a sick, not like Luka well, is so much bigger. That's than Pat the thing. Bev. Like, uh, Pat Bev, you know, like, even at his houndiest defensively, it's a mismatch anytime Luka is going to be on him. Yeah. I mean, he's got, like, five inches on him. He's going to be able to shoot over the top of him, no problem. Um, he's going to be able to see around him to make the pass. So I, I think that he could be more effective if at full health in this next series. Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, if available, man, that could be a huge factor for the Clippers. Are you kidding me? It would. I mean, so if available, right? Like that's that's the big issue, which is so tough. Um, we know what Bev can I do. I hope at this point from chilling, he's pretty healthy. I wish, we haven't even really talked about the scheduling, but the fact that game one is on Tuesday is lunacy clippers hate rest so i like we it do for, hate rest. i like it for the call. clips the other elephant in the room is playoff rondo has not arrived yet we have to talk about this he was unplayable these last three games he didn't play in the second half in game seven like yeah. he dude, has been bad in the last few he's games. been bad yeah uh do we just gotta ride this out and just like hope he shows up well, so once again, I think that the Luka thing is a hard challenge. I thought that actually defensively he did a pretty good job curbing Luka's shot attempts. For sure. Um, you know, Luka did seem a little hesitant going against him, which, I mean, anytime you can insert even a little bit of hesitancy in a score in a that dominant, like that, we love like it. That's, yeah. that's positive. We need it. Uh, the turnovers were a huge problem. The shooting obviously has not been there. But, uh, I, I like, he's a, he's a vet. And I think that you can yeah. step into a new series with a new mindset. Um, so that. I, I, I don't Hell think yeah, that dude. it's, I don't think that the book is written on Rondo. Um, and he did, no, have big my, no, and he did even have big moments in this series. So um, I, I think that he can be effective again. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see because 
Like, I mean, sure. Like, I believe in playoff Rondo. Yeah. For sure. Like, we saw it last year. The bubble was a little, a little wacky and stuff like that. But, like, like 35% from three in the playoffs so far, that's not going to cut it. Um, four 35% assists. would be better than what he's been doing in the last couple games. Sure. Yeah, in the last two, definitely. Um, yeah, he's just shooting 35% from the playoffs right now. So, before that, it was pretty good. But... No, it's a it's a conversation that will that will be more important if it's pretty clear Bev can't go. Yeah. Right. Like that's when it kind of becomes crunch time with what the hell are we doing with Rondo? Yeah, for sure. Because um, now, thankfully, Canard's playing better, so it's like, well, like they do very different things. Man has been hugely impactful, as we've Dude, alluded to. Yes, he can help us guard one through five. Lot to figure out. We can all be not stressed for like three hours, and then we're gonna we gotta get ready for uh for game one against the Jazz on Tuesday. Real quick, how we want to end this one, dude? How are we just let's just decompress for a second. How are we feeling after that seven game series? Oh my gosh, I have now. <laughs> I I gotta be honest. I even the Denver series last year was not as stressful as this one was for me. I have been. So I was at the game. I just had a ball of nerves in my stomach. Like, dude, it was just, it was a nightmare. Every single game since game two, I, I feel like I've been like, oh, I'm not even going to turn this game on. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even want to freaking watch, dude. Which, you know, obviously I have watched every single we game. Watch but, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm feeling good. And I, look, what I hope, my hope is that having this series, like serious of a test, and honestly, like until we get to the Western Conference Finals, not facing a player that is uh, like quite of the same caliber and difficulty uh, as Luca, I hope is a galvanizing moment for this team. And yeah. I think that it can be. And I think that, uh, you know, coming up after, you know, going down 0-2, after losing three home games, I, I mean, I would think that that would do something for a team um, they're in it together it's, they're it's, fully it's, like they've taken it's tough to it's tough to say but like i i mean first round couldn't have gone more games there couldn't have been more adversity in the first round other than losing every home game marcus morris shooting horribly absolutely like, things just going bad and like, sometimes i, I think surviving that's like 40 point 10 I, assist games from luca like I, and sometimes i think that's what this team needs you know yeah. dude they need to get punched in the mouth every the the th- one of the main bullet points of the Kawhi Leonard PG era in the Clippers has been they don't really react until they fully get socked in the mouth. Yeah, there's always been a thing. You of gotta like, poke the bear. You gotta poke the bear. Um, and we like it. Uh, but no, it's this just, bear is poked. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, you're like that's one of the things, right? Like it's always been like so with Utah. It's like we need to be there to from tip on game one. You. We can't like second round. Let's hope the energy is there. Do you feel better start. though having like faced the most fans in a hostile environment that the team has seen in over a year and managing to win three out of three of those going into Utah? So yes, Utah's probably probably going to do something crazy. Like we've actually expanded the stadium by three thousand seats. Um, no, it does make like. Heart-wise, 100%. Brain-wise, I'm a little worried just because we're an older team. It just can't, like, legs. I can't hurt. I get, I, it can't hurt. I do get worried if, I mean, you know, like, we're going to be, we're essentially going to not have home court advantage from here on out. So, yeah. uh, 
I, I think that if it, you go to a game seven, it's not as in your favor as it was in this one because I know that home court advantage in this series was the goofiest that Throw, ever this series that it's ever been in the NBA. Yeah, but it's I still think it made a difference in Game Seven. Absolutely, uh, I think you'd be foolish to think that it didn't. So this series ruined everyone's predictions because after the Clippers went down 0-2, it was like, well, this seems bleak. Then they won two in Dallas, and it was like, well, maybe Dallas won't win another one. And then it goes to seven, and it's just like this this game. I, or this series was perfect for like none of us know anything. Yes, and I mean that in a great way. One no, of the you can about throw sports, everything like you can throw yes. everything that you think out the window. Every stat you think about how this person doesn't help or this person helps, it's gone. This series proves why playoff basketball is so great. Yeah. Um, salute to the neutral fan. You lucky, you lucky <laughs> sob. <laughs> uh, coming up on Tuesday's episode, a preview of Game One. Versus the Utah Jazz, LFG boys, LFG, Twitter Tuesday. So send those questions into Outlocked on Clips. And whatever else happens between Allen and Clipperland, let's hope it's nothing. What else more would we need other than another stressful playoff series? We're going to drop this series a little early for you on Sunday. Um, where can these people uh, tell their Mavs friends that they listen to us? Hey, you can check us out on Shout iTunes. Shout out to the Mavs. Shout out Locked on Mavs, too. Yeah, I mean, that was a great series. You can check us out, though, on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works flawlessly. It's great. As we mentioned up top, we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We would love to have your listen. We absolutely would. And I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.